Hi, I'm Mark van Wezemaal. I'm the CEO of Euritz. Uh, welcome to IP Fridays. Hello and welcome to this episode of IP Fridays. Our names are Ken Suzanne and Rolf Clayson, and this is the podcast dedicated to intellectual property. It does not matter where you are from, in-house or private practice, novice or expert. We will help you stay up to date with current topics in the fields of trademarks, patents, design and copyright, discover useful tools, and much more. Welcome to episode 53 of IP Fridays. Today's episode's interview guest is Dr. Kafir Luzato, who is the author of the book Fun with Patents. And he's talking with Ken about his new book. Trisha Volpi of Barnes Thornburg is telling us everything about um, healthcare apps and how they comply with the law. But before we jump into all of this, I want to mention again our IP Fridays meetup during the INTA annual meeting in Orlando this year. So if you are attending the INTA annual meeting in Orlando, you can join us on Tuesday, May 24th at 5 p.m. And you can find the details about this at www.ipfridays.com slash meetup ipfridays.com slash meetup. Please note that you have to register for this event if you want to participate. US government regulators have launched an effort to help the developers of healthcare apps comply with the law. Trisha Volpe of Barnes Thornburg has the story. You name the subject or a question you need an answer to, and there's almost no doubt there's an app for that. According to online statistics company Statista, the health and medical industry is among the top fields leading the growth of mobile devices through mobile health. Mobile health services provide programs for things like chronic conditions, remote monitoring, and e-prescriptions. There are also countless fitness and wellness apps available right on your phone. But do healthcare apps comply with the law? To address the growth and demand for mobile health services, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration the FDA, and the Federal Trade Commission, FTC, along with other government regulators, have released a web-based tool designed to help health-related mobile app developers comply with applicable laws. The tool asks developers a series of high-level questions about the app's function, the data it collects, and the services provided to users. Based on those answers, the tool points the app developer to detailed information about certain federal laws that might apply. The FTC has also released its own business guidance and best practices aimed at helping health app developers comply with the FTC Act by building privacy and security into their apps. For more information, you can check out the FTC's website at ftc.gov. Reporting for IP Fridays, I'm Trisha Volpe. Thank you, Trisha. And now over to Ken with Fun with Patents. Ralph, I am joined today by Dr. Kofir Lozato, a senior partner with the Israeli law firm of Lozato and Lozato. Kofir's great-grandfather founded the firm in 1869, making Kofir the fourth generation of Lozatos to work in intellectual property. Kofir holds a doctorate in chemical engineering from Ben-Gurion University of the Negev 
and continues his relationship with his alma mater as a guest lecturer there and other academic institutions on the subject of intellectual property and technology. Kafir is the recipient of the Landau Research Award, the author of many articles on the subject of intellectual property, and a member of multiple professional organizations in the field of intellectual property, including the Association of Israeli Patent Attorneys, FICIPI, AIPPI, and INTA. Kafir's book, The World of Patents, was published in Hebrew by Globes Press in 2003. His new book, Fun with Patents, The Irreverent Guide for the Investor, the Entrepreneur, and the Inventor, was released in early 2016. Welcome, Kafir, to IP Fridays. Uh, thanks for having me. Excellent. Kafir, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your IP practice and how has it changed over the years? Um, we, uh, our firm is, is a bit different from other firms I know uh, in that we uh, essentially have about 50% of our clients are um, international companies, corporations from all over the world, and 50% are uh, local, uh, both big companies and uh, lots and lots of uh, entrepreneurs, small companies, startups. So we see a very wide range uh, of uh, things. And uh, we have clients that have been with us for many years. Um, so we also see what happens to their patents when they get litigated um, and down the line. So that's uh, um, the firm is, is, uh, is a family firm, as you mentioned. We already have a fifth generation working with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know for how long this will go on, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I've done my, my part for that. Sure. Um, in the last, uh, let's say, five or ten years, what, um, what trends have you seen, uh, particularly in Israel, in connection with protecting intellectual property? Well, uh, the, the trend is pretty much like you see um, in the U.S. or in other countries. Um, you see patents becoming uh, more of a commodity, um, people um, paying less attention than they used to do maybe 15 or 20 years ago to the quality of their patents. Uh, this, by the way, is, is a trend that is reversing itself in the last maybe year or two. Mm-hmm. Happily, I, I can see people now appreciating again that um, you don't just file uh, the provision of two pages with uh, no contents at all and hope to, to make millions out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that entrepreneurs have become more educated and uh, understand the value of, of IP much better than they did before. Uh, you know, when the IP, when, when iTech bubble was uh, going on, uh, you could raise money with virtually anything, um, even if you didn't have um, a real invention, people would raise crazy amounts of money with patent applications that um, when you looked at them, you knew they were worthless. Yeah. So, but that, that, is, that is changing for the better. And I think also in, in, the, in the industry, um, large corporations are also uh, going back to... Um, you know, understanding that you must invest in patents more than 
uh, more in quality, maybe a little less in quantity, but um, a lot more in quantity. So you're, you've published a book called Fun with Patents, The Irreverent Guide for the Investor, the Entrepreneur, and the Inventor. What's the book about? Uh, well, the book is about um, making the whole field of patents um, accessible to everybody. And uh, it's written in a way that you can read it without having any prior uh, knowledge of the law or understanding. It, it tackles um, various items, various subjects that are of importance to investors, entrepreneurs, and inventors. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the main purpose of the book is um, to explain to whoever uh, needs the patent system that it is uh, worthwhile spending a little effort to understand some basics and that you don't need to be uh, a patent attorney to understand uh, simple things. But if, if you do, if you put in the effort, if you read the book, uh, you will be able to get much better results from uh, the patent practitioners that's working for you. You will know what questions to ask and you will uh, be aware of some hurdles that you need to avoid. Um, and it's written, you know, um, in a kind of discursive way. It's not, it's not a technical book. It's not a legal book. Mm-hmm. Nen, you, you, you have a title, an interesting title, Fun with Patents. Who chose the title and, and why that particular title? <laughs> well, I did. Um, and because I think that if you, if you really understand the patent system, um, you can enjoy, um, working with patents, particularly if you, um, you know, w- when you start dealing with an invention and you start dealing with patents that are supposed to cover that invention, um, there is a lot of uncertainty. It's, it's a bit like, um, you know, a chess game. And you need to plan ahead and you need to know all your steps. And when you, when your plan, um, really, um, functions, you see, uh, two years from now, five years from now, that things have gone the way that you have planned and, uh, there is a lot of satisfaction involved. And, um, I've seen over the years entrepreneurs thinking that, um, uh, you know, patents have a pain in the neck. And you do that because you have to, because investors require that you file patents. And I wanted to convey in the title to uh, these people that it, it's not its not really like that. If you put in the effort to understand the system, you can find it enjoyable. Now, this book is published in English, which I understand is your third language instead of Hebrew. Uh, wh- why the decision to publish in English and uh, what does the world of – or? Or how does Israeli IP have an effect on uh, the rest of, of the world? What what can it teach the 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 rest of the world in general? Well, first of all, you know my experience extends um, much more than uh, to Israel only, and this is not a book with an Israeli orientation. It's a book uh, that speaks to uh, people all over the world. Um, I have uh, had colleagues uh, from places like uh, Korea, France, U.S., and India, uh, all of them finding the book useful. Um, 
and um, it's not it's not really there's very little Israeli context in it. Um, the reason why it's in English, I, I only write in English. Mm-hmm. Um, as you say, uh, English is my third language, but my father who was a uh, U.S. patent attorney made it a point when I was a child that I should learn English properly. And I find writing in English easier than in any other language, even my mother tongue, which is Italian. Hmm. Is your family originally from Italy? Yes, I was born and raised in, in Italy. Wow. So what types of situations have you encountered, uh, Kafir, in your professional life uh, that made it apparent to you that this type of book uh, was missing uh, in the patent world in general? Uh, so you meet with... Uh, people from all uh, kinds of uh, companies and, and enterprises, and you hear lots of nonsense, really. People being told uh, really stupid things, and you see that they acted on the basis of rumors that have no basis whatsoever in, in reality. Um, and uh, it, it's really amazing. Sometimes people do damage to themselves without checking, without even taking the time to think if what someone told them makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is clear to... And, and these are very often intelligent people, bright people, uh, sometimes geniuses. But when it comes to patents, people feel that, oh, you know, it's so complicated. It's something that only the experts can deal with. So let's uh, hear what someone who thinks is an expert uh, says, and then we act upon what this guy says, and this guy's an idiot. So <laughs> you may go and lose millions because someone told someone who told you something that he was so confident, he, he spoke so, you know, uh, like an expert that um, I've seen people really um, crying <laughs> after hearing what the real situation was um, because of what they did. So I thought. Yeah, um, I'm, you know, for instance, um, there was a uh, uh, an idea in Israel several years ago that um, if you file a provisional application, U.S. patent provision, uh, provisional patent application, then because you're not required to include claims in your application, then uh, well, you can also not include a description. You just uh, <laughs> write mm-hmm. write up a few words saying, "Oh, this is what I want to do," and um, and you file a provisional application without any support. And uh, as you may know, as I'm sure you know, um, there is a written description requirement in U.S. law. Um, and if you don't fulfill the written description requirement, you are in trouble. Mm-hmm. And what what happened was people filed the provisional of this kind couple of pages um, and uh, with a sketch or something and a few words. And then they went out and uh, they, they uh, showed their invention uh, all over the world. They, they put up a website. They uh, described it, destroying the novelty of invention altogether. When they, a year later, when they filed a complete patent application, um, they discovered that they didn't have uh, a priority, really. They, they had a number. Sure. They had a serial, serial number that didn't mean anything. Yeah. 
So your book um, is different, or how is the book different from your your book called The World of Patents, uh, which you published in Hebrew in 2003? What is what are the salient differences? Well, the the World of Patents was um, meant for the Israeli public at that point in time. That the that book um, came from a series of articles. I had a column in Globes, which is a financial newspaper in Israel. And um, the column was very well received. I had lots of uh, comments from readers. And when uh, when I stopped writing that column, I said, okay, we, I have lots of uh, ideas and material, and let's uh, collect that and make a book. And the book was really directed to the Israeli public who needed, at, at that time, in 2003, um, sorely needed education in, in patents in a simple way and in, in the language that is easier for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Fun with Patents, as I said, is not, it's not an Israeli book. Um, is is meant for the public all over the world and, um, um, has no, uh, no, no Israeli orientation at all. Kafir, how can listeners obtain a copy of your book so they can also have fun with patents after reading uh, your excellent book? Uh, well, um, the book is available for sale in hard copy and uh, as an ebook as well at Amazon.com and as an ebook everywhere else, uh, iTunes or wherever you want, wherever ebooks are sold. Excellent. Kafir, thank you so much for joining us today on IP Fridays. Thank you for having me. That's it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please show us your love by visiting ipfridays.com slash love and tweet a link to this show. We would be so grateful if you would do that. It would help us out to get the word out. Also, please subscribe to our podcast at ipfridays.com or on iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you have a question or want to be featured in one of the upcoming episodes, please send us your feedback at ipfridays.com feedback. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can go to ipfridays.com iTunes and it will take you right to the correct page on iTunes. If you want to get mentioned on this podcast or even have comments within the next episode, please leave us your voicemail at ipfridays.com slash voicemail. You have been listening to an episode of IP Fridays. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by their respective law firms. None of the content should be considered legal advice. The IP Fridays podcast should not be construed as legal advice or legal opinion on any specific facts or circumstances. The contents of this podcast are intended for general informational purposes only, and you are urged to consult your own lawyer on any specific legal questions. As always, consult a lawyer or patent or trademark attorney. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved.